everybody. Welcome to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. Daniel, I have an amendment to make. Uh, this podcast is now called Space Flicks and the Legend of the Astronaut, <laughs> but we will not ever explain what the legend of the astronaut is. Right. We will not answer the question, what is the legend of the astronaut? We will leave it to your imagination. But you know that the legend of the astronaut must be good because it's in the title. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a legend. That's right. Right? That's right. Like the, like the legend of Gowan. <laughs> um, so if you didn't guess, today we're talking about a movie that came out in theaters a little while ago and then more recently came to Disney Plus on streaming. That is the, not even the latest, this, the second to latest Marvel Universe Cinematic Universe film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring Simu Liu. Mm-hmm. Is that the, the pronunciation? I believe so, yeah. Simu Liu, Aquafina. And Tony, is it Leung or Lung? Uh, I've always pronounced it Lung. It okay, Tony Lung. Lung. Like a ooh. It doesn't matter. Okay, at any rate. Asian. Yes, my lack of research, yeah. once again, obvious. Um, and directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Yes. Uh, very noteworthy film. First uh, Marvel Universe film starring an Asian lead character. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily Asian cast, for that matter. That's right. Um and uh, yeah, so hype was quite high. I think this movie did quite well commercially. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this movie, but we f- before we do, let's uh, let's share the synopsis so people know what the heck we're talking it's a, about. It's a short one, yeah. Shang Chi, the master of weaponry based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Mm, the Ten Rings, yes, the mysterious Ten Rings, which are. We're already in the Marvel Universe, if I'm not mistaken. But you could have fooled me. I mean, I don't actually remember. I think they were referenced in Iron Man. Got, yeah, I think they got referenced, but it was almost like a red herring in Iron mm-hmm. Man 3, if I recall. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so let's talk uh, expectations. What What did you expect going into this movie, Adam? Uh, I was frankly nervous coming into this movie. <laughs> Nervous uh, that it was going to stink. Just, you know, it's like it's unfortunate. And I think Black Panther had sort of a similar related pressure on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of like, this is the shot that you right, get. Right. If, right. If this is bad, then let's just expect to not have any comic book movies starring an Asian cast for another 10 to 20 years, right? Right, because that, that's the kind high, of the fear. Yeah. Because yes, this controlled experiment that has no variables such as like a global pandemic or anything, right? <laughs> like will be judged based solely on the performance of this thing. And it's not like, you know, Thor the Dark World comes out, maybe doesn't do so hot. It's not like they're like, well, I guess we can't make movies starring blue-eyed, blonde-haired you know, Nordic guy ripped Australian, man. Right? That's obviously doesn't work. Right. It's like nobody would have reached that conclusion in that circumstance. And so unfairly, I was a little nervous about this movie just because it's sort of like, I want opportunities for people of all stripes in Hollywood to make, you know, giant dumb blockbusters, right. If they mm-hmm, want to. Mm-hmm. And, 
Um, so that had me a little bit nervous. Um, I didn't, you know, having watched the trailer for this film, I wasn't feeling like super confident, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't like this movie looks sick. You know, it's right. going to be awesome. It was sort of like, did you think it looked bad or just okay? I think it looked okay. I think it looked yeah. like sort of replacement yeah. level Same. Marvel. Okay. Right? right. And I was sort of like, oh, I don't want it to be just okay. I want it to be great. Right. <laughs> like, um, aside from the fact that like, I just want great movies in general. Right. Uh -huh. Um, but I also, it's like, yeah, just to, I want to, I want this to open doors and create opportunities to sort of, uh, allow just sort of people of all stripes who are talented to make good movies and get big sandboxes to play in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so, uh, you got, you got us on the edge of our seats, Adam, what did you actually think of the movie? First impressions. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was, um, uh, I, I don't think it was top tier Marvel. I don't think it, uh, was really top tier in any of the ways that a Marvel movie, like some Marvel movies can be top tier. Um, mm. but I think that the, um, I think that the characters, especially the two mains, um, uh, Sean air quotes and, uh, uh -huh. and Katie, the Aquafina character, um, uh, are winning, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's sort of like very likable in yeah. some ways. I almost am sort of like, I'm eager for them to bump up into like other Marvel characters. Mm. Right. Um, cause right. I think in some ways they have like a, uh, a real sort of insouciance, you know, like a real sort of like light, uh, funny way of being one with one another and right, really like right. under, um, sort of underplaying like the seriousness of their situation that I think, mm -hmm. uh, would be a nice compliment to a lot of the over seriousness of a lot of other Marvel things. Like s something that I, um, thought about it, which obviously didn't come to pass in this movie, but like sometimes, you know, when Marvel movies, uh, like are introducing a new character, they'll sort of like ease you into it by including another Marvel character in that film. Right. 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 So famously with like Captain Marvel with Nick Fury, Captain Marvel, with Nick Fury, Iron Man with Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they're just sort of like, yeah, we'll give you like, somebody that the audience is familiar with that mm -hmm. you can like be, you know, like that they can sort of like put their arm around you and like shepherd you into the Marvel cinematic universe. And with black Panther, of course it was whoever Martin Freeman's character's name is. Yes. Yes. De Agent actually, actually, actually that's not even, it's even more what you're saying. Cause black Panther was introduced in a captain America movie. That's right. So, with, with a ton of characters. So that's right. yeah, he's actually no exception. And so, like, in this movie, uh, you know, this movie takes place at least in the beginning bit before it ends up in a fantastical dragon land, uh, takes place in San Francisco, right? And mm -hmm. I was sort of like, you know who else lives in San Francisco? Ant-Man, right? And oh, so, that's right. And so, so you're I was expecting like, to see him? <laughs> I was sort of hoping. I was like, it'd be really cool yeah. if, like, Scott Lang just showed up if in this movie. And, like, because his vibe is very similar to theirs, right? It's sort of like... It very, is yeah. very funny. Doesn't take things very seriously. Right. Um, the person that they did get included in this movie was, uh, was not Paul Rudd, but, um, uh, but the character who play, uh, the actor plays Wong in, uh, 
Right, Doctor Benedict Strange. Wong. Benedict right? Wong, yeah, yeah. The actor named Wong whose character is named Wong. <laughs> Inventively, creatively. Yes. Um, so that was good. I thought that like the, that just sort of demonstrated that the MCU is interested in like incorporating these characters into the bigger world. And without getting into the spoiler territory, I think the movie takes some very concrete steps to, yes. to illustrate that. As Towards well. the end, yes. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah, my uh, my expectations for this, I think, were similar to yours. Were you familiar with the director at all? I was not. I I know the name Daniel uh, Dustin Daniel Critton. Um, I know like it's one of those things where I've heard of these movies. I right. just haven't, seen, haven't seen them. any of them. Like, and I'm sort of embarrassed. Like, Short Term Twelve, I think, is considered like a great film. Uh, I've not seen Just Mercy. Um, and so like, that's just, that's on me. Right. I just, I just am not as familiar with his work. Just, yeah, yeah. Very you, popular sh- you should feel with, terrible with big actors. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I feel um, terrible a hundred percent of the time. So that's uh, on me. I, I really should have seen these movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't seen them either. So I didn't know this filmmaker. I also thought the trailer looked fine. I didn't think it looked terrible, but it certainly didn't get me super excited. Like I think some of my Some of the Marvel trailers that got me the most excited would have had to have been, um, I thought the Black Panther trailer was pretty sweet. I remember being quite excited after seeing that. Yeah. Um, Thor Ragnarok, I also remember having a a really sweet trailer. Yes. Um, This one, you know, I think is more like, like like an average Marvel trailer where you're like, eh, okay, it looks like some fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say, so our expectations were similar. You thought the movie was good. I also thought it was good. I think on balance, I would just use the word good. Yeah. But I, I really think the first half of the movie, I thought mm. were pretty great, personally. Um, I thought yeah. it started really strong, had some really good action, uh, multiple really good action scenes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I, I think the second half of the movie definitely lost some momentum for me. Yeah. Um, I thought the characters were still good, but... Um, just the story kind of took, uh, well, put it this way. I think the story was good. Actually. I I liked the story of this movie overall. Um, and the character motivations and his, you know, the sort of driving, uh, relationship, not to spoil too much, but it has a lot to do with his relationship with his dad, who is the leader of the 10 rings organization. And I thought that was compelling. And also the possessor of 10 magical rings. That's right. Right. 10 magical rings, um, which are more like 10 magical bracelets. Yes. But, um, uh, but the second half just didn't have as much exciting action and the, it's sort of the pacing, I think sort of took a bit of a, of a turn, you know, down, it got, it got a little bit slower and it's sort of almost my memory of it. At least it's been a while since I saw this movie, but I remember it starting to get a little on the boring side, right. I think in the second half. Yeah. Um, and in traditional Marvel fashion, you know, the third act final confrontation I found to be just much less cool than the action in the first half. Yeah. It was sort of interesting in its own way, but, um, like, I don't think it was terrible, uh, but it was pretty unexceptional. Um, I think I think what made it not terrible was that there was some good character stuff in it. But um, the action itself, it was, you know, lots of CGI and right. um, not really. It, it's kind of the opposite of uh, what makes 
a lot of the action in the first half, which is a lot of hand-to-hand, you know, martial arts work. Mm-hmm. What makes that stuff so great is you see all this great choreography. You see kind of all the work the actors put into it to to do these cool moves, and the camera like lets you see a lot of it. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of fast cuts. When you get to a lot of CG, it's like you know none of this is happening, and in fact, not only is it not happening, it involves sort of like physics that don't that aren't real anymore right. either. There's right. there's sort of more magical, you know, supernatural elements to it. So yeah, it just becomes so much less satisfying. I think um, I'm reminded of I, I think when we reviewed Black Panther some years back, we talked about the use of of cg in in some scenes where the camera is like doing things that your brain can't even relate to because yeah. you're like i can't follow action in that way so right it's it's more difficult to process this visual information whereas if they had shown it as if from a point of view that you could actually be like standing there watching mm-hmm. we we speculated we can't prove this right but we speculated that that would have actually looked cooler right um, right. And I sort of feel that way about the final final action uh, sequence in this movie of there's right. just a lot of stuff that doesn't feel real or relatable. Like I can't kind of attach to it. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's really strong first half for me. And then second half, you know, fine. Never got it never got to where I was like, oh, this is bad. Turn this. But off, right? it didn't yeah. it didn't maintain that level of of excitement and and. um just you know quality i guess as the first half for me i think that i think that's right and i think this is probably a pretty constant or like repeated critique that we have and will continue to have of just marvel movies in general because i think i think they have a formula quite obviously and i think like the main thing that i would call out is like it kind of doesn't work you know what i mean like i feel like (laughs) i feel like it have we this true i feel like it's one of those formulas that it's like the first two pieces of the of the three piece formula are pretty good and then the third piece doesn't work but they've not like ever con- contemplated like what if we just did something different in the yeah. third act right they need they need to figure out how you know it, it's always the assumption is we're always going to have like the biggest bad at the end and we're going to have all the characters working together to fight the big bad right which is normally you, you know, if, if you have super powered characters, it's sort of like you can't not involve CGI because right. the big bad has to be something that can withstand, you know, Iron Man and Thor and <laughs> the Hulk all attacking it. Right. Um, w- which is like not going to be a person. Right. It's not going to be a anything sort of of this world. Um, what they need to do is figure out how to pull off an ending like the last Mission Impossible movie. Remember, uh-huh. yeah. Remember that where you've got different characters in different places who all have to do their thing. Yes. I feel like I feel like if if a Marvel movie attempted something like that, it would be, it could be a much more satisfying final, final fight. Well, I feel right? like that's where um, uh, was it Infinity War? Right. Actually, did do that at one point. A little, like- a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Where Iron, well, it's like they're fighting Thanos on the moon, right? Right. Meanwhile, there's the battle in Wakanda, but it all sort of ultimately converges in Wakanda. And that is just fighting like masses of 
and there's faceless and there's Thor, alien things like getting his weapon made inside of the of a star or something like yeah. that right but you're Is not it, you're not wrong it's it, it was pretty cool i mean i i would call infinity war and endgame among the better finales of marvel movies oh sure those are um, two of the best marvel movies that have been made for sure yeah so. yeah yeah um but I'm I'm more like the idea of like you've got a cast of you know three or four different sort of characters who have to do their part you know yes. for the for the mission to be a success. That's right. I, th- I and I think um, and I think in some ways a lot of these movies uh, attempt to sort of do that in the context of this big giant battle that takes place at the end. It's like Aquafina yeah, they needs try to leverage her newfound love of archery in a particular way, right? Um, but it's sort of like too little, too late, you know, it's Mm -hmm, just not mm -hmm. satisfying in that way. I just think it's interesting that like, it's, we read the synopsis of the film and like the second the one way they describe Shang-Chi is the master of weaponry based Kung Fu. That's like his thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Allegedly. And the finale, the grand conflict of the film involves him doing zero kung fu you know what i mean like it involves him spoiler alert for the most part for the most yeah. part, like as far as the major conflict that like mm-hmm. that the, the climactic conflict there's some preamble to that where he has to yeah. fight his dad for example which i thought was actually very satisfying right his his engagement with his dad but like right same um but it's sort of like Okay, now let's land this plane. Let's end this thing. Let's have a dragon fight another dragon, right? And sort of like, and he can ride the dragon, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And it's sort of like, wait, what happened to the master of weaponry-based kung fu? Shouldn't we be leveraging, like, the thing that he's been training his entire life to do, like, and show how great he is at that Well, thing? it's funny. When you read that synopsis, uh, my first thought was, is is that even stated in the movie? I don't remember... No, I don't. I don't feel so. like the movie makes a big deal of weaponry-based fighting as being his specialty. It's just like he's a really good fighter. My understanding you know? is, and that yeah, he straight. uses some weapons in the movie. But yeah, my understanding that is that what? description comes straight from the comic book. Okay. Like the yeah, origin of the character was like that was his thing. That's what they declared him to be. Very well, <laughs> but there sure is a lot of hand-to-hand fighting in this movie too. Yes. Yeah. For so. Sure. I feel like if they really wanted to make that a big deal, it would have been there would have been a lot of him just using, you know, every every kind of part of the environment available to him to 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 make it all about weapons. Right. But there's a lot of punching and kicking. So, right. I think they, they you know, they just they I think uh, for this tagline, which we don't need to put too much stock in. Uh, just sort of lifted directly from the comic book. I feel like the movie was sort of like, we're just going to go sort of the generic Kung Fu route. And then by the end of the movie, they're like, we're just going to go the generic Asian conflict route. Uh Y'all have dragons fight, right? (laughs) That was sort of like the way I felt about it. So I agree. Like, um, the oh, so let's uh, we're ragging on sort of the last act, but we rag on the last act of lots of movies, not even just Marvel movies, right? Like, lots yeah, of no, movies. overall, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good, good Marvel movie, yeah. But we should talk about the theme. I, I feel like we were about to start getting into you know, best and worst parts. Mm-hmm. We should cover themes briefly, yeah. Um, 
I mentioned that his relationship with his father is a big part of this. Yeah. Um, what, what that that's, you know, son and father does, does not itself make a theme. What, what would you say is the theme of the movie? If you could pin it down to one thing. Uh, I think there's something about, um, destiny or sort of who you were born to be versus who you choose to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Who you were rate like what you there's that that's sort of there's like absolutely one of the major, that yes that's one of the major sort of, conflicts that he's going through throughout the course of the film is like here's who I'm you know told I am and but here's mm-hmm. who I sort of wish or believe I I was um, and sort of coming to grips with with that I feel like is one of sort of the major through lines for him. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. Um. Certainly, d- how, how different people um, deal with loss feels like another big part of the movie, if not a theme. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'm just thinking about the fact that sort of the primary motivator for his father is wanting to be together with their mother, with his mother, with mm-hmm. with with his wife again, right? With uh, a Shang Chi's mother. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it, it, I, I like that in a movie when it's sort of like the, the primary conflict is really a, not a misunderstanding, but a disagreement, mm-hmm. right? Where it's not like good versus evil. It's like this one character really wants X and you can actually sympathize with why they would want X. Yeah. But the other characters think like you can't have X and the things you're trying to do to get it are, you know, are too far are going too far. Right. And that's, that's what this is, is him, you know, basically wanting to, to, to bring their mother back. Um, whereas Sean is trying to get him to understand that, you know, she's gone and we can't bring her back. Yeah. And the thing you're actually doing is very dangerous. Yep. Um, so I don't know. That's not a theme. Well, I, but yeah, <laughs> it was but- just me explaining stuff. I think there's something really interesting about uh, like the corrosive influence of power, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, mm-hmm. Um, Sean sort of accepts throughout the film, like his he's powerless to change certain things, right? Like mm-hmm. the past, obviously, like something you can't change, right. um, and his father. Uh, in sort of the wake of the the death of his wife and and Shang Chi's mother, like begins to believe that he can change that he has enough power to change what generally would be considered like completely immutable things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so just sort of um, that dialogue between uh, sort of the humility to admit what you cannot control and sort of the hubris to demand that you can and should be able to change anything you want, right, is an interesting dialogue that I think, you know, plays out extremely literally, you know, toward the end of the film as as Sean and his, fr- and his father sort of confront one another. But I really liked um, the journey that, you know, that Tony Lung goes on during the course of the film, because it's sort of like you see for a little while he's act like his wife is able to pull him away from sort of his like unquenchable, like hunt for power. 
right? Mm-hmm. And she's able to mm-hmm. like there are simpler, better, more meaningful things that you can pursue. And you, you know, I don't know why I briefly believed this. I was like, oh, maybe like he turns out to be this guy, like a happy <laughs> family yeah. man, yeah. right? Uh, and which makes it more devastating when he's like, okay, now I'm going to revert back to my old right. behavior, like, you know, tenfold, right? Um, which is, I think, what, also, yeah. what also makes, you know, spoiler alert, Auga, like, his uh did you did you i assume you stayed for the the stingers at the end yes definitely i stayed for the one where uh they're like where did where are these rings from and they're like speculating and there's like captain marvel's there and yeah i forget who else um yes is there another one after that yes there is is it where they go to karaoke no that's the very end of the movie um, oh, okay. There's another stinger that you may you may remember once I Maybe remind I missed. you. Uh, it goes back to the headquarters of the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. and I'll give. Do you remember? I'll give you one guess. Who's in charge? His sister. That's right. That's right. Okay. No, I I didn't see that. I just guessed. <laughs> so so yeah. So but the movie sets up like she's the new head of the 10 rings organization, even if she's not in possession of said 10 rings. Right. Um, and she is sort of rebuilding that organization in a slightly different image. Uh, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, hipper and younger and, and women so, are allowed. And yeah, there are, there are plenty of Kung Fu practicing ladies mm. in that situation. So anyway, it's sort of, um, to it's a little bit heartbreaking to me, right? I think it's meant to be sort of oh, like totally, yeah. Because it's sort of like she has not at all learned potentially the lesson that one might need to learn, which is like the corrosive influence of power on your decision making and your belief that you're sort of above basic rules of morality and decency and physics, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, but that, that sets up a very potentially interesting arc for her. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, if she has to learn it that way, right? Because she always, I guess she's made a choice because what she always wanted as a child um, was basically what her father was giving to her brother. Right. And she wasn't getting, right? Um, sort of to be prepared to be powerful. Yeah. And uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe holding out hope that she will have an arc over the course of, you know, the next however many movies she appears in right. to sort of learn through, through being that and through having that, that that isn't what fulfills her. We'll see. Or she'll be a, just a, be a bad guy now. Or they'll just drop. And someone will, someone will end up again. killing her at some point. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're, I think you're uh, very right about um, that last theme. I think I, I kind of forgot about this, but I think a, there's a, there's a symmetry right between um the the Tony Lung's character. What's his dad's name in this movie? Let's check. I will tell you. It is. Oh, they they like never say it. Drum name. roll. It's Zhu Wenwu. Zhu Wenwu. Yeah. So so Wenwu. Um, when he meets, I guess is it Lee, his Ying wife. Nan, yeah, Lee. Yeah. When he meets his wife, 
they have this really interesting and memorable fight sequence. Yes. Where he is sort of, he's like the, the attacker and she's like fluid, you know, she's like sort of flowing and, and letting him try to hit her, but just kind of steering his, his attacks in this very artful and sort of dance like, um, motion. Right. Right. Where, where, you know, she's, she's depicted almost like a force of nature, like the wind or like a current. Right. Um, and it, and she actually bests him, right? She, she is able to easily. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she wins the fight, but it's like by not fighting basically. Right. Right. Um, he's the one trying to hurt her and she's just, She's just changing. <laughs> she's changing his attacks into just movement. And so there, I, I don't know that I can articulate the theme that I think underlies that, but I think it's very meaningful that in the final conflict, Shang-Chi basically learns to, to use her kind of style. Yes. And, and does that same thing. And I feel like there's something underneath that. The, the message... Like I said, I'm not going to articulate it well, but I think it has something to do with, you know, trying to be a force that you break things and you change things and you make things happen, um, sort of evolving and and sort of transcending that in a way and and taking a more like Zen like sort of be one with things kind right. of approach, um, which I think ties in, I think is related to your the theme you mentioned about destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of, to me, it's all kind of tied up. It's like, you know, rather than being an agent of, of strength and dominance and violence, right. Being just a, a, a piece of the world, right? right. And accepting your, and having a place in it and accepting it and going with the flow kind of like that. That's right. Well, I think, yeah, the, I think you using the example of that particular fight between, um, you know, uh, what become a husband and wife eventually, mm-hmm. right, uh, is a really good one because it's a guy trying to dominate in some ways the way you described it, like nature, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, right. And, uh, and sort of impose his approach and will, which he can't do. He's just not capable of doing it. He's not strong. Like it, it, his power is not capable of doing that. Um, and so, one of the things I liked about sort of the one of the culminating like uh, conflicts at the end of the film is when uh, Sean is fighting his father. Like there is a bit in that conflict where they're sort of battling for control of the ten rings, like the mm-hmm. the weapon, mm-hmm. right? And like over the course of that fight, Shang Chi wins, just all, sort of wins all the rings, over to him, <laughs> right? And so, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit convenient movie logic, but it's also sort of like maybe, perhaps, to the point that you're making, like the rings sort of are naturally uh, drawn to. I don't know whether I'm ascribing consciousness to some rings or not, but um, you know, a a handler that will sort of work with them, right? Yeah. As opposed to like sort of command or demand things of them that maybe they're not intended for. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, it felt like, you know, if, if I were to, I have no experience with this, but I w- if I were to compare it to like riding a horse or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels it to me, that's, that's my, that was my interpretation of that fight is that, um, you know, like when Wu had sort of learned how to make the rings do what he wanted mm-hmm. and, and Shang-Chi in that final fight is introducing is kind of discovering, you know, is revealing whatever you want to call it, a, a sort of a more natural way to that. The right. rings are sort of meant to be used. And, and that turns out to be, a, you know, a more natural sort of just like energy flows to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to, into a lower, like a, a more stable state. It, it felt like that to me of, they were like, you know, electrons jumping to a lower energy level, right? It's like right. he was the he was the more calm, uh, uh, the more calm sort of source right. for them to attach to, right? So yeah, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it's sort of an it, it feels like sort of an Eastern, you know, Zen ish sort of uh, sort of concept. Um, not not a very Western one for sure. But I, I liked it a lot and um, and and do feel like that it'll be interesting if they keep that going as part of his character. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, to be quite frank, that they won't. Right, right. <laughs> and he'll just be like a fighting dude yeah. moving forward. Um, but it would be really cool if that if he continued to bring that approach to things in future Marvel movies. Yeah, I think like the movie definitely uh has a number of moments that sort of reinforce this point that we're making. Like one of the best things in the movie I thought was the like maze forest. Right. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, So it's it's this forest that's like constantly transforming itself, like extremely rapidly and paths open up inside of the forest for just like moments, Moments. like seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you cannot like hack your way through this. No one attempts even, like, which is a little <laughs> bit funny. Uh, no one even attempts to like hack their way through the forest. You just have to like know exactly where to be and when and just be there or otherwise the forest will just consume you whole, mm-hmm. right? And that's the only way to get to this like mythical land where eyeless winged moles live or whatever right Mm -hmm. um and so i really loved that because it's sort of like it wasn't a um it wasn't something that needed to be beaten or won you know what i mean it it was just or dominated it was just like you have to just work with this thing and figure it out that's the only way through it um you know and and, Mm and and so like i think to your point like this this recurring theme in the film of sort of like um, u- using sort of like natural forces and momentum, right. To mm-hmm. have that be the thing that is your, your aid as opposed to trying to like overpower the current. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going with it rather than against it. Right. Right. Or trying to overpower it. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel like that's a good natural transition because you just, you know, said it was one of the coolest things in the movie, which I agree with. Yeah. 
So what what other things are are were the coolest things in the movie? I, I will. I already mentioned. I thought the action in the first half was really great, pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, Bus like sequence. I already mentioned. Yeah. So the fight between Wenwu and his future wife, I thought yep. was very, very reminiscent of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. For sure. You know? Yeah. Um, in a great, in a good way. Yep. Uh, because the choreography in that film is was outstanding as well. Yeah, the bus scene, that's one where I think I was not expecting much from that scene based on the trailer. Mm-hmm. But then I thought in the movie, it was quite good. Yeah. Um, I thought. Like, like I, I feel like when I saw it, I was sort of like, oh, I just, I sort of thought this was just going to be like, you know, 20 seconds of pretty basic martial arts on a bus and then it would be over. Yeah. But I think there's some really cool moves in it. Um, there's, there's good, like sort of escalation of him trying to keep the people on the bus safe while, you know, dealing with these guys and showing off. It's also a cool scene from a character standpoint because, you know, he and his friend up till that point in the story, are just kind of a couple of bums, right? And right. then when he's suddenly doing this, she's like, what? <laughs> right. Right. And you kind of see it through her eyes of like, when did you get all these skills? And I thought that was really cool. So that was great. I thought the um, fight on the scaffolds, you know, scaffolding yeah. was was pretty strong. Yeah. Although I, I think my favorite hand-to-hand fighting moment in the movie probably was not very long. It was just when he was fighting the that masked masked dude character. Yeah, that that to me that was like really good, just top notch martial arts. Like yes. I said, not for very long, um, but it sort of it was sort of like the perfect punctuation for that whole section of action, you know, which ends with him almost killing the guy, and then his dad shows up right at that moment. Right, right. right. Um, I thought all that was was really good. D- did you did you think it was? Do you think it was as good as I did? <laughs> yeah, I, I was really um, impressed by, especially okay. the scaffolding sequence. I thought that was um, what I really great, loved about it right? was it had elements of that fight. I don't. Did you think of Old Boy at all during that sequence? There were I mean, the scaffolding. Sh- yeah, there were hmm. shot. I know it sounds a little bit weird because there it's a very different. I was setting. thinking more like Jackie Chan personally. Sure. Yeah. Um, my reason for bringing that up was there were moments, if I'm remembering correctly, where the camera was like a little bit farther away and mm-hmm. you could just see like uh, in, you know, both height and 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 width, like him moving through this sort of checkerboard of scaffolding, like going mm-hmm. climbing mm-hmm. down and up and around to try to like combat these guys. And I just loved like the basic like wide shot of like this oh, action yeah, yeah. sequence unfolding and it's sort of like laid out like very briefly anyway it was sort of like here's where everybody is and mm-hmm. here's like mm-hmm. what he's trying to do and there was one point in that sequence where his friend katie is like really struggling she's like hanging from a piece of scaffolding and she's like i'm gonna fall to my death right now yep. if you don't like get over here and you just see like the physical distance that he has to travel to like catch up to her. And you're like, this seems like too far, right? Like, <laughs> right. She's maybe going to die right I'm now. I'm <laughs> like legitimately worried for her. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think like something as simple as that is really 
gets you really engaged in an action sequence like that because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know if they don't establish like spatial relationships in that way and she's like i'm gonna fall right yeah you might sort of say like well he's gonna get her but just by virtue of saying like look how far away he is right yeah. sort of like oh yeah now i'm worried right mm-hmm. um and so which makes like that sequence that much more fulfilling when like you realize that his sister gets involved and she yeah. helps out so like yeah, I really, I really liked both of those sequences. Um, skipping over to the to the bus sequence. Um, on one hand, there is but one bus sequence that really holds my heart this year in action films. Nobody, right? <laughs> um, okay, so fair no, enough. No bus sequence will match will match that for me. But I thought this had a lot of charm to it. The Shang Chi bus sequence. Um, I agree, it was really like just well competently done uh kung fu but also i really loved the little touch of putting katie in the driver's seat of yeah. the bus which was a really great i think subtle nod to a movie like speed mm-hmm. right yeah it felt very speed-esque right. for sure which is just sort of like great this is a movie that sort of like understands like what some re- like that's a thing that is i think in my opinion a classic action movie oh, 100% that yeah. very other very few other movies have like aped in that way like mm. you know what I mean like lady dri- lady driving a bus that can't stop while like a guy runs around on the bus it's like it's so specific mm-hmm. and silly that it's mm-hmm. like yeah of course like why would another movie do that it's so obviously speed but this movie was like yeah we're gonna do that because like speed was great. I don't actually remember to be clear. Why couldn't she stop the bus in this movie? In this movie, yes. Uh, I think the brake lines were cut or something. Were they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually remember. It it all flew by so fast. Yeah, there was something where it's like the bus was hurtling down this hill and had no brakes or was mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. She couldn't stop for some reason. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Um. Yeah. So. So I was I I thought at the start of this conversation you said you know something like this movie I didn't think was top tier Marvel in any respect and I was a little surprised because I was like personally I was like I would put it in the top tier in terms of action just for the first half. Yeah, I mean maybe as far as like the hand to hand combat stuff, maybe a lot of I don't yeah. think a lot of Marvel movies try that. To, no, I mean to me it's just um, like Winter Soldier to me is is probably at that level and then i think there's some other i i have always felt like black widow has some really sweet <laughs> hand-to-hand yeah, fighting yeah, yeah i mean the character not more so than the movie although the right. movie probably has some good stuff but black widow in like civil war winter soldier right may, maybe maybe infinity war i can't quite remember uh, but to me, like this is up there with the best of any of the hand-to-hand fighting that Marvel has done. I think that's I, right. I, I think it might even be the best, personally. I think I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I think in some ways I don't even view that as like a dimension against which most Marvel Marvel movies are even like interested. You know what I mean? Yeah, mostly not. But I mean, Captain America, he's he's largely hand-to-hand. So that's true. I think um, he's probably the exception that proves the rule. Like, like yeah, Spider-Man's kind of like a. Spider-Man is sort of in a gray area. Like, he's sort of hand-to-hand-ish. But he's never, he, like, never throws a punch. You know what I mean? Like, he's mostly, yeah. like, swinging around and getting around things, right? And Ant-Man, Ant-Man is also, like, a variant of hand-to-hand. 
but it's mostly know. like him. It's like you know, shrinking and flipping guys and growing big again. And yeah, right. There's very little in the Marvel universe that I think is just like straight up dudes and fist fights. Right. Right. But, but no, but like, put it this way, like Ant-Man and the Wasp, right. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of action involving exactly what I just said, shrinking and getting bigger again and flipping guys and making things big. Right. And you would think that that would make it even more interesting than mm-hmm. just hand to hand combat. But I personally think the action in this movie was much better than the action in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So it's like that movie, it's like, wasn't even playing fair. <laughs> Right. You know, you're throwing in all these like crazy effects and an and, and interesting mechanism that should allow you to make much more interesting action scenes. Right. But it's right. like, but it didn't really. You know, right. there's like a giant salt shaker and a few random stuff like that. But I think the action Shang-Chi, like the the, the bus scene, the, uh, the scaffolding scene, um, and even the just choreographed, you know, rings versus nature, wind, whatever you want to call it, fight between him and his his wife. Those all to me are like top tier. So, yeah, um, I think so, you're yeah. right. I think you're right. Yeah. Like if you think about movies that like introduce a gimmick in order to elevate the action to heights that like a standard action sequence wouldn't be able to accommodate. Like a, mm-hmm. an example that I think of is not a Marvel movie, but an example I think of is like Tenet. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. Like Tenet is like, yeah, what if, if we have them, people going backwards, what if one of them's going backwards. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's like, totally, oh, well, that totally. totally adjusts like what's physically possible in this yeah. sequence, yeah. which and makes that allows it you to really do something really cool that you right. couldn't do otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, my, my go to would just be like John Wick knife store scene. <laughs> what if you just put them in a store that has like a billion knives in it? You know, then it's right. like. There, that that lets you do something you wouldn't normally see in just a regular hand-to-hand fight scene. Well, to reference another Keanu Reeves movie, I think the the best Keanu Reeves example I can think of is just the original Matrix. Mm-hmm. The right? Matrix, sure, yeah. Just like, yeah, what if like people could like jump forty feet in the air and like punch through walls and like you know mm-hmm. to sort of use their mind to defy like what the laws of physics say are possible? Like, yeah. That's pretty great stuff. And so, yeah, I agree that um, this movie is very groundbound for the first half, right, in a good way. And it's sort of like this is just, you know, Kung Fu Masters just going after it, right? And it's sort of like yeah. it's it's actually different than like what a typical Marvel movie would do. And I think I agree with you. I think the culmination of that scaffolding sequence in that sort of knife fight next to an open window is like really great. Right. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I was, I was very, uh, I found that to be very exciting. I was like, you know, I was like all tensed up for that fight. So right. that's, yeah. that's a sign. It's good for sure. Uh, what other, what other highlights are, are worth talking about here? What, what do you think of the relationship between Sean and Katie? Um, liked it didn't like it did you feel like they were trying to go romantic or hinting at that it felt like they were sort of attempting to do a will they won't they type Mm -hmm. thing which i almost would rather they didn't you know what i mean I, i i'm like so convinced that they deliberately did it in such a way that it could go either way and they just figured we'll see how people react you know if the internet is all like 
we really want Sean and Katie to get together, then it's like, then we have the option to make them get together in the next one. Right. And if everybody's like, we're so glad they just made it a platonic friendship, then we'll be like, okay, it's just a platonic. Fr-. Like, I, f- I feel like they really, they just had a few like glances mm-hmm. and things that were just like, this could be nothing or it could be something, you know? Right. Like I said, I don't have any proof of that, but I, it, to me, it, it felt pretty clear that they were giving themselves those options. Some choices, yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, I, I for, for just, you know, uh, there's no right answer here, obviously. The heart, you can want whatever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally prefer them as just like partners in crime, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like buddies. Um, and I personally prefer her as like way in over her head and completely indifferent to that fact. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think like Aquafina particularly has a quality of like completely um, unearned confidence that Mm -hmm. I think is winning and charming. Right. Um, So, you know, in the, in the example at the end of the movie where she's like, uh, I've decided that I'm going to participate in this battle and be an archer for right. like for no re- and I have no real reason to think I belong here but I'm just going to do it anyway sort of like yep that's the type of like chutzpah that I'm looking for in a in a You play. say that but her character is quite hesitant actually she has to be sort of mentored or taught a lesson by you know this older lady who explain because she's initially she's like, no, I try not to like accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I try to aim low. That way I won't be disappointed. And right. then she has to be told that, you know, very wise uh, adage of if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Right. 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 So you have to actually try to do things. And then then that R- motivates her. Right. Yeah. I suppose I just mean like um, the her personality. I, I feel right? like the confidence thing is persistent throughout even in situations where she is like confident that apathy is like the best route Mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. Right. She's like, I am making good choices. Right. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Parking a car, parking a car is awesome. Right. That's what I want to do with my life. And it's sort of like that sort of like, I'm never ashamed of who I am or what choices I'm making, I think is a, a good counterpart to Shang-Chi. But in a likable way. Like, Those are qualities that are often unlikable in a person. Right? Yeah, but she does it with humor and she does it with right, a little bit of right. a wink, right? Um, and I think that's a good counterpoint to Sean's character because he's like racked with guilt, right? And shame <laughs> about like the fact that he like killed a guy, abandoned his sister and ran away from home. Right. Like he feels not. That'll do it. (laughs) Not great about his choices. That'll weigh on you. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I, um, I'm sort of unopinionated as to what I want to happen in the future with their relationship. Sure. Um, But I did like their relationship. I thought their friendship was quite a um, a strong one. Yeah. Like the chemistry was really good. Yeah. Um, you, you totally believe like, <laughs> like the, the, I, I, I think a perfect, uh, uh, almost like proof of that is that when he says, you know, I have to fly to, where is it? Hong Kong, wherever he has to go. Yeah. Um, he's like, I got to fly to Hong Kong. She's like, I'm coming with you. 
Right. Right. That like that just felt right based on the way they'd built up that friendship. Right. Which many other, you know, that that is kind of an absurd thing. And I think other movies might have character decisions like that where you're like, why, you know, no, you will not go with him. Right. <laughs> right? right. But in this movie, you're like, I don't know. From what we've seen of these two people, I kind of feel like she would go with him. Right. right. Yeah. Of just like, look, you and I were buds and we do karaoke together and I don't really have anything else going on or any like, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like sort of like my life is just, just hanging out with you basically. Right. I Um, mean, in in some ways it's like one of the benefits of not like having a lot of responsibilities Yeah, is that I can drop everything and do this. Right. Like there's not much I have to drop. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of in high school, I had a friend who one weekend was just like, I'm going to drive to Albany and uh, you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so then we just went, Yeah, you know, it, it sort of reminded me of, of that feeling of being, like you said, a teenager, a young person with no responsibilities who can just be like, all right, this is, a t- this is a big, this is a thing that, you know, 15 years from now, I won't be able to do things like this spontaneously. Right. But right now, Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so I really liked their relationship. Uh, and I think I will just close by saying, I think we've touched on all the, all of my favorite parts in the movie already. Um, but I just really liked, um, I liked his, the dad character, Wenwu. Um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, he's to me, he's kind of up there with like Killmonger or, I don't know. Honestly, Killmonger is the only name that comes to mind where mm-hmm. you sort of sympathize with them. Um, they're just, they're not evil. You know, well, he kind of is actually <laughs> in the, in the beginning, right? He's just this yeah, sort yeah. of, uh, sort of vi- violent fascist guy. But, um, but after, you know, after meeting his, his wife and falling in love and having a family, I feel like the movie does a really good job. And, and Tony Lung makes, does a really good job making him seem like, He's really changed. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. really has he really has a lot of love for his family. And the rest of the movie, it's like he doesn't really revert into menacing evil guy. He's he's kind of got a sad uh quality to him for basically the whole movie after that. Right. That I think really works and yeah. I I really liked and it makes it like even as they're trying to stop him and you know, as as we get into sort of the final conflict, you like, you feel bad for him, right? This is a, this is like a broken man who wants, right. Who just wants to see the love of his life again. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought that was just really well done personally. I I think from a performance standpoint and just like the relationships between everybody, you know, they're, they're not trying to like kill him. They're trying to stop him, which is a difference. Yeah. He's yes, it's a very like empathetic or or it's a performance that's very easy to empathize with the character, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you believed like as, as crazy as it sounds that like you knew something that would allow you to reunite with somebody who you lost, right? And all you have to do is do this thing that you're perfectly capable of doing, right? Like you would do it because he doesn't believe that what he's looking to do is like 
I'm going to go kill a village of people so that yeah. I can get my wife back, right? No, like, he just wants to get her back. Right. Yeah. He just thinks that they are preventing her from being freed, right? Yeah. Which obviously, yeah. you know, the movie uh, makes clear is like he's delusional, right? But you understand why the appeal of that delusion, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you get to meet, you know, Lee earlier in the film and she's kind of great, right? Like she's uh, sort of stronger and wiser than he is. She's a wonderful mother to the kids. She's like deeply loving. And it's like, who wouldn't want that person back in their lives? Right. Yeah. And so yeah. it's very understandable the choices that he makes, aside from the fact that he's uh, self deluded. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, one doesn't choose to be deluded typically. Right. Right. You don't really, right. You don't realize <laughs> that you are. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think he is one of the stronger villains, or, you know, sorry, villains, the wrong word, antagonist. For our last mm -hmm. conversation, he's mm -hmm. one of the like more like um, understandable and you know uh, antagonists, even even when you know he's making bad choices. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for me. Any other highlights that you'd like to mention? No, I think we've talked about. It's funny because I agree with you at the, one of the points you made at the beginning, which is this movie is strongest in the first half. And mm -hmm. the second half is a little more sort of, it just sort of drifts out of your Drags memory, right? Mm -hmm. And basically after they, once they get through that magical forest and end up in this sort of mythical land, I think that's sort of where my attention begins to wander and a lot mm -hmm. of the CGI fest. Yeah. It's a CGI fest. And frankly, like just to be petty, uh, it doesn't look great, right? Yeah, I agree. I didn't think it was very... It's a fine line, you know, with these fantastical creatures. It's like... It's sort of like we talked before about when we talked about Finch. I think when you have something very mechanical... Yeah. It, it seems like more possible to make it look really real. But when yeah. you have all these, like, creatures that are supposed to move around like organisms... Yeah, it's, it's, I think the human eye, like we're just, it's still the technology is not there yet. Uncanny Valley, where yeah. where we can't can't tell the difference. It's like I totally can. That doesn't right. look like a real thing. It looked. I mean, I don't know. Well, and there it, was it looked okay. I didn't think it looked terrible personally, but well, I didn't think it looked great either. There, not even just the CGI, but even like the basic camera work. You like, mean like even from a cinematography perspective, it yeah, just didn't like look very staging, good. Staging, yeah. production design. Mm -hmm. It honestly, like it felt that last bit, I don't feel this way earlier in the film, but the last bit in the, the fantasy village, I was like, this looks like a TV show to me. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. Like this. Harsh. <laughs> it, just, it just has sort of like the slightly less lived in, more mm -hmm. sort of... Um, you know, technicolor, like, br you know, brightness of like a, where they sort of th had to throw this together and film it in a week as opposed to something a little more um, cinematic. Um, 
and I, I'm realizing what I, something I want to do is actually like go back and examine like the sequence at the end of this film and compare it to like the end of, um, like Black Panther or, uh, mm-hmm. like Endgame, right? Or actually not Endgame, but, um, Infinity War. Infinity War. Right. Uh-huh. Like the stuff that's happening in Wakanda. I'm like, why does that, in my opinion, look more sort of like cinematic and rich and this looks like flatter hmm. and less hmm. interesting because i i would i would like to be able to give you some more actionable comparisons between them but there were little things like there were points where they were show where they would show like the village of warriors in shang chi and the camera was really like low to the ground and mm-hmm. so it didn't have any sort of like grandeur to it it was just sort of like mm-hmm. if i was shooting it like eye level you know, on, right. my, on my phone or something. And I would mm-hmm. and I would guess without even looking that I would bet you like the shots in Black Panther or Infinity War are going to be like a lot higher up. And More the, higher and the shots. The crowds are going to be right. bigger. And so it's going to just feel like uh, like a grander statement about what's happening right now. Right. Um, so I well, think it is much a, it is a much smaller space from memory, right. isn't it? it the it, town is sort of in kind of like a valley, right? Which is a choice a, that they're against making. the water. Yeah, yeah. So they decided to make it this this kind of little village as yeah. opposed to a big, you know, Wakanda's the, the fighting in Wakanda takes place in these like sort of massive just open open land, right? And I think what I would say is this movie I think is trying to have a big fight sequence at the mm-hmm. end, right? Yeah. And I think what I would prefer, and I think where this movie shines the most, is like if they had somehow managed to figure out a way to like have it be Shang Chi doing Shang Chi things, right? Yeah. As opposed to like we're gonna make this giant like battle of two armies type situation. It's like we don't. That's not what this movie has yeah. been good at to, up to this point. Let's no. Let's leverage some things that we know we're good at. So at any rate, um, yeah, I think that the first, you know, half of the film is quite good. And then, and I think looser and they're having more fun. And then the second half, I feel like is a little more self-serious and just, I think just a little less successful overall. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's talk about fix the movie. So I, I think fixing the end it's hard for me to picture a way to fix it with the premise that they went with. It almost feels like, I mean, you know, there's always the kind of unactionable suggestion of just do what you did, but better, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. if the effects were better, the choreography, the cinematography at the end was better then maybe I would have liked the ending better. But I do feel like the premise might've been a big part of the problem. You know, the idea of, going to unleash this big dragon and they're going to have to fight the dragon and the way and we're going to have it be like try to make it sort of like a battle where all these little soul sucker things come out mm-hmm. um you know i i would probably just change that i, I don't think that was very interesting right like the soul sucker things we'd never seen before or had any concept of what that was or what kind of threat that was right right so, so to int- it's it's like introducing a totally new villain at the end of right. a movie. What I would have what I would have suggested is like 
there's no reason that dragons need to be involved really at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know they make one or two references to dragons earlier in the film. And, but like, and that can, that can be a thing that's even happening in the background. Right. As like a secondary mm-hmm. or tertiary, like fight that's happening in the same way you described like Mich- the mission impossible fallout example, like, sure. Have a dragon fight happening in the sky or whatever, but that doesn't need to be the main conflict. Um, what I would have preferred is, and I, they came so close to this. They like were they were setting it up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like have have the mechanism instead of being like these these creatures suck the souls out of people and then those people die, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, it could have been something like these soul sucking thingamajigs, like you know suck turn out you your evil. soul and turn you evil right yeah, yeah and then it's like and then you could have just had people fighting people and then he could fight evil dad right right and they even had the monster like suck out his dad's soul and it would have been so sad because like his dad was just then like i think seeing the light right mm-hmm. and like and then he di- and then he dies right and it's sort of like mm-hmm. it would have been much more difficult for shang chi to then say like I have to fight and defeat my dad, who I believe is somewhere in there and savable, right? That would have been a much more interesting conflict than, you know, now I'm going to ride this dragon straight into the the face of this other dragon, right? Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I agree. That would have been, I think... And then you could have had, like, kung fu stuff happening as opposed to we got to, like use our dragon weapons on these floating blobby things. Right. Right. These floating, I can't even picture them in my head like bat. Right. They're just sort of demon. They're just nondescript because you, to your point, we're not invested in these as like, but can you imagine like, uh, you know, razor fist turns good, turns bad. Right. (laughs) And then like, yeah. And then, you know, uh, and then Sean's sister or Katie have to like fight razor, fi- evil razor fist again, like, you know, psychotic. Razor well, that fist. brings me that brings me to another uh, much more small scale fix the movie. I, I personally was pretty annoyed with this choice they made at the end to I guess the character, the guy with the mask, I guess his name was Death Dealer. Does that sound right? Uh was he? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, let's say his name was Death Dealer. I'm looking at the cast, and I think that was him. Right. Um, they set this guy up, the guy with the mask. Yes. He's kind of, like, important. He, right. he, you know, he was the sort of primary agent for, you know, abusing Sean as a kid. Yep. And clearly has sort of a, an element of psychological terror that he imposes on Sean to the point where... That fight that we referenced earlier, one of the strongest fight scenes in the movie where those two go head to head. Yep. And Sean is like very ready to kill him because of all of the built up, you know, resentment from right. the way he was treated by this guy. So he's like a big part of Sean's, you know, like inner struggle. And then the way he was just unceremoniously taken out at the end. Yeah. I, I was like, I was pretty annoyed. I was like, get rid of razor fist. I don't give a crap about <laughs> razor fist, you right, know, right. The, 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 the fact that they took out death dealer and then razor fist was left. I'm like, 
just swap them. Just like have the soul sucker thing take out Razor Fist and then Death Dealer still alive at the end of the movie because right. who cares he's a about much Razor more Fist. interesting right. which is funny because he's never spoke he doesn't have any spoken lines in the movie but he's still but he way plays more a role interesting character right yeah. yeah 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 it's got a function right so that bummed me out <laughs> I agree I I thought you that know that what that I honestly yeah. the, the honest this is again another unprovable theory on my on my side uh, I speculated after that happened I was like. Did they literally, did they seriously do it that way just because they needed Razor Fist to say, like, we'll fight together or we'll work together or whatever? Right. And like Death Dealer hadn't spoken any lines in the movie. And so they couldn't have him talk, like, as part of his mystique that he doesn't say anything. Right. Because uh, I was like, what a stupid reason <laughs> for, for him to be the one that dies. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew. I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I, I, mean, that's, I think that's probably not. It could be just like, you know, it could be the sort of thing which would be a miscalculation, in my opinion, where th- maybe they thought, hey, if they kill Razor Fist, it really or sorry, if they kill Death Dealer, it really establishes them as like a really big threat. You right, know, right. Um, but I'm like, no, that's dumb. Keep him. Kill Razor Fist. Right. So that's that's a little fix the movie suggestion for you. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I agree, I agree with that. I think um uh it's it was kind of bizarre that this person who I think was the probably like antagonist 1B, right? Yeah. was just like got so easily at the end. Yeah, and not even by any character no, that we care about like it a, gave it provided no satisfaction a jellyfish was, bat or whatever yeah thing you know so um, i was annoyed by that i i agree i agree i have one other fix the movie uh worth saying i personally feel like there was too much trevor slattery in this movie what do you think um i, I thought it he got, was char- i thought he was he charming. was funny yeah he was funny but basically from when he shows up to me is when the movie really sort of slowed down yeah, and just kind of lost its momentum. And it sort of felt like it was being a little indulgent in it's just like this guy's funny and Ben Kingsley is like hilarious as this character. And let's just spend a lot of time with that. And I'm like, sure, it's funny, but this all feels like it should have been like, you know, outtakes or like cut scenes that would have been funny to see in like an extended, like in some sort of extras. Right. But it, it, it doesn't really feel like it enhances the movie and it just kind of takes a while. You know, they're talking to him for a while and then, and then they're driving the car for a while and then they're like just parked in the car for a little while. <laughs> and he's like more dialogue and I'm like, you don't right. need this, you right. know? Just for a few more laughs with Trevor Slattery, and then, well, and then so he, sticks he can make some so more. he can make the Planet of the Apes joke, right? I mean, it's funny. It, it just right. I agree, but I think like put it this way: I feel like we would feel differently if the finale of the movie, once they get to the village, That's true. was like great. Then mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. it would be. You know, then it would have been just this very funny and pleasant interlude, right? Sort of before the right. big thing, right? Yeah. But because yeah. the big thing like was not as satisfying, you're sort of like, oh, this is just like 
this slows it down and then sort of counterintuitively the climax feel is even more sort of like okay let's just get through this kind of like feeling yeah um and so yeah like i thought that um i think it relies or it sort of assumes that you're like more into iron man 3 than Mm. you maybe are right (laughs) maybe Like, like uh like I was watching it with my wife. Well, yeah, I mean, for one thing, th- that whole character is uh, bizarre. If you haven't seen Iron Man three, totally, yes, it, you'd be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> right? <laughs> Why does this character exist in this movie? It's like only makes sense if you've seen Iron right. Man right. And Iron Man three, like, when did that movie come out? Like, it's not like it was last like year, ten years or ago, something. probably. It's a 2013 movie. So this is an eight-year-old movie. Eight years. A character that, like, a movie that wasn't, like, super popular and is considered, like, a little bit odd, like, within the sort of overall MCU catalog. And, like, for them to say, hey, we're going to bring back, like, a tertiary character from that movie and, and, like, kind of require him to do a lot of exposition Mm -hmm. Uh, to like get the characters from point A to point B, it's sort of like it's sort of relying on you having a lot more sort of warm feelings and appetite to spend with Trevor Slattery than I think I certainly than I did. did right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. that being said, Ben Kingsley's obviously like an extremely talented performer, and I thought he was very funny, like with yeah. what he was given. But I agree, it's a it's sort of like this is a movie. We got to keep it going. And yeah, it just I th- I think it just by the end, it, I sort of was looking back on it and was like, in terms of screen time, I feel like Trevor Slattery was like the fourth biggest character in this right, movie. Right. You know, it just felt too much yeah. to me. I mean, I'm literally um, looking at, you know, and I get that he's one of the bigger names in the film. But just the fact that like when I'm looking at the cast in credits order, like he's fourth. Right. Yeah. Um, she shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, like right. there's many more important characters than him, but he's the fourth on the on the credits. Uh, like in the end, I, f- I feel like it's probably close. He might have been a bigger character than Sean's sister, which just seems ridiculous right. to me. Right. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's the other thing I do to fix the movie. Any other things you would do to fix this movie? No, I think we had some good suggestions about the end. I think the points that you've made are are smart i would i do um i would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the um the push pull between sean's like sense of duty and responsibility and like wanting to goof off right right it's sort of they sort of like sideline it and then bring it back right at the very end i because i feel like they're sort of attempting to say like he needs to put down childish things and like be Become a man, be a hero. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, but they don't really ever sort of like make that claim. And instead he just goes back to karaoke at the end, which to be honest, I sort of like, I don't really care about that theme. I'm not really interested in like putting down childish things. Cause I would, I like childish things, right? Um, <laughs> uh-huh. But but if they're going to have him be fun, 
right? Like when he's not, you know, the martial arts kung fu master, like then let him be fun more, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like he only has like fun like a couple times in the movie. And I would like, he actually is like, he and Kate, he and Aquafina are like charming, jokey people. Like let them do that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing that I would have liked. Um, yeah. And then more Ying Nan, more Michelle Yeoh. Mm. Yeah. Forgot about Michelle she's Yeoh. Like a, she's like a treasure. Like use her more, get her to do some more Kung Fu. <laughs> right. That bit of feedback is basically just, if you're going to have Michelle Yeoh, you better give her some good stuff to do. Yeah. She, yeah, she doesn't really have a lot of good stuff to do in this, does she? I mean, she's a fine actor and she has some, I think, useful lines and she sort of talks to Sean during their sort of one-on-one training session and sort of gives him a little right. bit of wisdom. I guess that's her main role. Right. But just like, she's a legend. Let her cook a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's see. Let's, let's, let's enumerate. So fix... We have some suggestions around fixing the ending, mm-hmm. but better. You could, there's better ways they could have done that final confrontation. Uh, swap Death Dealer and Razor Fist. Razor Fist should have died, not Death Dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like, or like more. evil zombie demon Razor Fist. That would be good, right? Yeah, it'd be okay. <laughs> I still like Death Dealer more. And then less Trevor Slattery, more uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I feel like we've I feel like we've nailed it. I feel like we've really fixed it. There you this go. Movie. That would have been an A plus. That would have been that would have taken it from a, you know, whatever it is to an A plus. Um okay, I think we're we we've spent a lot of time talking about this movie. All that remains is the question of whether we, we beam this up or not. What do you think, Adam? Let's do it on the count of three. Ready? One, two, okay. three. No. Nope. Okay. Have we beamed up any Marvel movies? Uh, maybe like think, Endgame or something. I think I beamed up Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther, yeah. Forever ago. What about Ragnarok? Didn't we do? What about? Did we not do Ragnarok on this podcast? I don't remember. Maybe. If we did, I f- I feel like I feel like the ones I can imagine we might have beamed up would have been Ragnarok, Black Panther, and possibly either Infinity War or Endgame. But yeah, in general, it feels quite rare for. A Marvel movie <laughs> right. to be at the level where we'd be like, yeah, it's worth beaming up. Yeah, I mean, just like as you think about their their sort of whole portfolio. Aside, from, I mean, are the ones you listed that those are the only candidates, right? Like, there's nothing that it's like anything else that was like that's a truly great. Nothing movie. comes to mind. Uh, did you say civil? Could be did you say something. civil war? I didn't say civil war. I mean, maybe it could be in the list. Winter Soldier, maybe. Those are in there. Those are all some of the better ones. They're all very good, right? But but very few are sort of like that was that was cinema, you know? (laughs) Very yeah. That were like, wow, that's why we go to the movies right there. No, Um, no. So yeah, I I, yeah. So it's it's um. So this is no different. So we're not beaming it up, but it was a good time. First half I thought was really strong. Second half had its moments, had some funny stuff, had some good character stuff, was certainly not as strong as the first half. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Anyway, well, still worth checking out, those of you who have Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fact that they stepped through a portal with Wong at the end. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I really do think they are an, they are an interesting 
set of folks to i mean not like katie's gonna be you know fighting in it'll the, be hard to justify the Katie next continuing. battle of wakanda whatever that is right i mean katie literally she has no powers and no skills really right right which makes her very different from just about every other major character in this universe what's peter parker's friend's name in spider-man ned is that his name ned she's like ned i think it's ned yeah you're right she's right. like ned so, so it's she like, can they'll find she can tag along in the same way ned does that's right sit her down at Fair a computer point. get her to google some stuff during if they try sequence. to make archery a thing moving forward i think that's gonna be a little far-fetched i think it would be funny if are you watching the um the disney plus hawkeye, hawkeye show no. so I, I don't think it's much of a spoiler. They're clearly laying the groundwork for Haley Steinfeld to be like the new Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, she's like an archery expert, et cetera, et cetera. Right, I think it right, would be right. funny for like the two of them to like have a conversation. And Katie's like, I actually uh, did some archery once and then like uh-huh. be clearly humbled and be like, oh, I don't know anything about archery at all. Right. Um, yeah. I think the only way they can sanely continue her, uh, you know, picking up archery at the end of this movie is to treat it as like, that was a very lucky shot (laughs) that she shot in this one. Right. Like she's not like a master archer after, you know, a day of practice. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No, no, no. I I think I agree with you. She should be Ned and that's fine. Yeah, Yeah, that could be fine. That could work. Um, But Um, yeah, just, I just love the idea of, of shang chi being you know being in a room with dr strange and thor and it's just sort of like totally yeah because i think he's got sort of like an ant-man i totally agree that's that's the character that came to mind to me for me too like like in civil war when ant-man meets you know captain america and he's like oh i'm such a huge fan and that was that was a lot of fun like for people who sort of hadn't we hadn't right. seen that dynamic between heroes, I think, before. Yeah, and I and I totally think Shang Chi would be like that too. Like like you said, it it will it will be fun to see him interact with some of the other big Marvel characters. Yeah. So and he's got such yeah. natural sort of like comic chops that mm-hmm. I mean I don't know that there uh, there this opportunity might never present itself, but like I think it'd be great to see two Jokers hanging out like it would be great to pair him up with spider-man or mm, great to pair mm-hmm. him up with ant-man or great to pair mm-hmm. him, like two naturally comedic people because that's what Simu Liu is right he's yeah. a he's a sitcom yeah. actor right and so it's like let him let him use those like comic chops with other people who are funny and i think like that could be an interesting like way to use him yeah. in the bigger marvel cinematic universe so I also think just I mean bit bit nerdy, but I think it'd be cool to see from an action standpoint the Ten Rings go up against some of the other powers totally in this universe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you know, like in the first Avengers, it was just kind of cool to see like Iron Man and Thor fighting, <laughs> right? Just because it was like the two egos butting heads. Like I could totally see a fun scene like that between you know. Shang-Chi and the next Black Panther or or Thor or right. so, somebody that just has totally different powers and just seeing them clash and see how it plays out. 
yeah. kind of like spar sparring right you know not yeah. like a serious fight i think that's what i think another reason that he's like a good character to throw into the larger mcu is because he's actually capable of a lot of stuff physically even without his gadget right right like right. ant-man is not right even mm -hmm. like iron man is really not right yeah um and so it's sort of like I could envision a situation where if there are a few folks who were like didn't have their weaponry, you know, Falcon mm -hmm. or whatever, and like him looking around at them and being like, are none of you like any good at anything? Am I the only one who's like good at something? <laughs> right. 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 He, yeah, that would actually be so much fun. Him in like a hand to hand fight. Unfortunately, Iron Man's like dead. Of right. Course, right. Right. But, right. But if like Tony Stark were still around. And before Falcon turned into Captain America, right? If it was like him versus like Hawkeye, Tony Stark, Ant-Man, like Scott Lang, like all these characters who don't have any powers and he just like beat the crap out of all of them. <laughs> right. That would be a really fun scene. Right. Right. But we're never going to see it. So, yeah. But, we'll you know, like there's, yeah, there's new characters being brought into the MCU all the time. I don't know what's going on with Eternals. Uh, I know that movie exists, but I haven't watched it. So, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, they all seem like well, they all have crazy. They powers, all seem like so. deities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so at any rate, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for what comes next. I think it's a good intro for a character. I mean, I think it's easy to forget that like Thor was not always as beloved as he is now, right? Yeah, it's kind of a miracle we got as many Thor movies as we did, right? <laughs> Actually, like, uh. Ed Norton was the Hulk and mm -hmm. like they were like, we're never going to work with this guy again because yeah. because he's terrible. Right. Or at least that was their perception. You know, that was their perception of him. This wasn't and, fun for us. So it's like a lot of these character introductions like don't go as great. You know, like I would say mm -hmm. the first Captain Marvel movie uh, or the only Captain Marvel movie was like not super successful. Pretty mediocre. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, like my understanding is the next Captain Marvel movie is going to be called like the Marvels, right? Because right. they're sort of like wanting to spread that load around a little bit. And I think remove the emphasis from, from Brie Larson a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. You know, no one's seen the movie, obviously, but like, you know, we'll see. A, a lot of yeah. these introductions don't go as successfully. And I feel like with this movie, I think the one thing you can say is like, I would like to see more of him I would, and I think he would fit along fit well alongside a number of other characters in the MCU. He's not overpowered. You know, you don't have to like hide him like you do Hulk or Captain Marvel. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, good addition. Solid entree into the into the universe. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. No, beam. Right. we're not beaming up, however. No beaming, but two thumbs up. Yeah. All right. Well, as uh, as we probably should have seen coming. Yes. We ended up speaking for 90-ish like, minutes. It's like one of our longest podcasts. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so thanks if you've made it this far. Thanks for listening. That's, I think, all we have to say about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So uh, I guess until next time, that's it for us. Space Flicks. Thanks for listening. And the Legend of the Astronaut. And the Legend of the Astronaut. That's right. All right. See you later. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. Bye.